You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutoMall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com during the live broadcast times of 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Now, on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Well, good morning, Steve. Good morning. I guess, you know, you're de facto the uh, the co-host now, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I'm happy to help. <laughs> Your pay doesn't change. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you get the prestige. And, you know, prestige is everything. It's right? a lot of fun. Welcome, everybody, this morning. Uh, we have our rain date of Pastor Weed's uh, uh, show here, Chariots of Fire, the Turkey Run car show, the one he does prior to Thanksgiving, and uh, looks like a turnout out there. It's only 27 degrees. <laughs> they were out there early, yeah. too. Uh, I hope everybody remembered their antifreeze. Uh, this will be the last show of the year for us here at Classic Automall, I think. I don't know for sure. I'm just making stuff up. Last car show. Yeah, last car show, yeah. Not the last show. Of right. Our show. There's a lot of shows going on here. We got our show, the podcast. We got our show inside the mallway, which we call it a show because we've got 650 cars for sale in there. So we, we call it a show. And then there's a, a gun show going on in our expo area here as well, too. So we have all bases covered. So for guns sure. and cars, better than guns and whiskey, right? <laughs> it, it's a good day here in Morgantown. Yes, it's a good day and it's a sunny day and mm-hmm. it's going to be up in the 40s and come out and support Pastor Weed and his Chariots of Fire car show and bring a couple of canned goods and get your car judged and make sure you add the antifreeze and you know all that good stuff. Hey, I wanted to mention, uh, I didn't mention it last week because I really didn't know about it on Saturday of last week, but uh, Bob Bondurant passed away uh, last week and I got to tell you a funny story. I don't know if I told this before and I have. Well, so what? I'm going to tell it again. Yep. Um, we've only done nine shows. How much could I have repeated myself? Maybe a lot. <laughs> so, uh, Bob Bondrive. So, I went to work for eBay in 2002, and my first event that we did, we uh, eBay had bought Cruise International, an auction house out of Auburn, Indiana. And the first event that I did, I, I, I started there December of 2001, December the 10th. Why well, I remember that. I don't know exactly. And our first auction that we were doing was Scottsdale uh, in uh, Arizona, and that was January something, like the 15th or 18th or whatever. So went out there about a week ahead of the event and got it all set up. I was director of operations for eBay Cruise and uh, got it all set up and and Sunday after the first event you know we were headed under our belts and it had gone really really well and it was and it was exciting to be a part of the classic car hobby and actually getting paid for it you know not just doing something just because you love it which I loved it and I would have done it for free thank goodness they decided to pay us uh, but anyway so uh, on Sunday I'm packing up and everything is you know has gone smoothly and we've had a wonderful weekend and I say to the CEO of eBay Cruise hey by the way I'm going to uh, uh, book my flight to go home Tuesday mo- or Monday morning I said I've, I've got everything covered here there's no reason for me to stick around any longer so uh, I'm going to uh, go ahead and book my flight home he goes oh but we've got something going on on Monday and I said well what nobody told me anything that's going on he goes yeah we're all going to the Bondurant school. And I'm like, oh, 
this is only the top thing on my bucket list right. at the time. So this is, you know, 2001, cool. 2002, and mm-hmm. it's my literally my top thing on the bucket list to go to a driving school. Because I always told my dad that I could have been a race car driver, and he always said, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> He was an architect, so how fun was that? Uh, but anyway, so I always wanted to go to the Bondurant School because I'd always read about it in Car and Driver and Road and Track about all the cool things that happened out there. Uh, one of the things that he would... I, this is so fantastic. So in the the last day of your school, when you went to the proper Bondurant school, and that's not what we did with eBay. We went out for a day of autocrossing and riding with instructors on the track and, and just a full day, but not the three-day whole deal. Mm-hmm. So the three-day whole deal, at the end of the third day, they put you in a Formula Ford, and Bob Bondurant got in his 6.9 Mercedes sedan and, like, gave you a lead at Willow Grove or whatever, Ontario. I can't remember which track it was. And then he'd hunt you down. And if he caught you before the end of your first lap, then, you know, it was typical. And if you if you beat him, then, you know, you were a hero. You had so, some talent. You had some talent. You had some skills. So, so they tell me this, that we're going to the Bondurant School tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I've been in with the company for three weeks. I go out there, and it is so cool we get to drive the shifter carts uh we go for a ride with the instructors and if you've never ridden with a professional instructor race car driver they go so fast that you can't imagine that they're going to be able to make the turn it just it's an unreal experience it it really is there was one part of it where they would go over a rise and then there was a 90 degree ride and you think i don't think the tires are even touching the ground (laughs) And somehow they turned. And it was funny because as we're driving, there's like seven instructors on the track, and they're all following each other and playing cat and mouse. And and, and rubber is coming through the air conditioning vents. <laughs> You're getting sprayed by rubber because these guys wow. are just tearing it up. So then we do that, and then we go to the Mustangs. So it's teamed up. You get uh, you drive, and there's a passenger, and then you do your autocross uh, through the cones, and they're timing you. And then the person that's sitting beside you, you switch with them, and they drive, and you ride, and then you hand off the car to somebody else. There's about 200 of us that were out there for this thing, and so I was amped. And one of the guy, the guy that rode with me, was a guy from Chicago, a concierge from Chicago, did a lot of business with us, and he was he was a, just not a car guy. He probably took cabs his whole life, right. you know. And so I was I was in the first group of drivers, and he rode with me. And we drove, and I got out on that track, and I was just like the instructor. I was tearing it up, and he was petrified over there. He was screaming and practically crying. I mean, he was just couldn't believe it. We were going so fast. So we do that, and we don't know what our times are. They're going to have a, a luncheon later. Whoops. They're going to have a luncheon later and, and reveal who the winner is. And uh, in the meantime, we go back over to the track where the instructors are driving, and Bob Mondrat himself comes out. Hops in one of the Mustangs, says, anybody want to go for a ride? Well, I was right there, and I just jumped in. Really? Yeah. And, of course, I, I thought as I'm riding with him, because they were kind of clearing the way out for him, because he was older then. He was mm-hmm. 88 when he passed away last week, so he would have been almost 70. Yeah. So, you know, not at the top of his skill set. And so I wanted to go. I said, I'm, I'm in. I'll go. And I hopped in the car and buckled in and all that. And I'm thinking, you know, if something were to happen... The headline would read, legendary race car driver bon, bon, Bob Bondurant, and unknown passenger died in a fiery crash. Some guy. Some guy. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, 
we rode with him and then we went to the luncheon and lo and behold, guess who had the fastest lap time at the autocross? That would be me. So I did the equivalent of winning the company golf tournament on my second or third week at the company. And I was elated. I have a picture in my office and this is what reminded me mm -hmm. about this. I have a picture in my office with him handing me the shirt that you won for winning that. And it was the instructor shirt that you couldn't buy. It was wow. the red golf shirt. Yep. Needless to say, I wore that until it was thin. Mm. <laughs> I still have it too. I probably should wear it one of these That's amazing. You, you got to ride passenger with Bob Bondurant. With, yeah. Shotgun as they Shotgun. Say, with Bob exactly. Bondurant. Yeah. That's very cool. That was almost probably as cool as winning the uh, mm -hmm. thing. I mean, winning the thing was really, really cool. cool. I was just, and I had a feeling that I'd won for whatever reason, mm -hmm. not no, you know, no real rhyme or reason why. Mm -hmm. I just thought about. It. I just thought, man, I I would tore it up. I was just like <laughs> dialed in. And the and the weird thing was is that so this happened. I won the shirt. I go back to the hotel room. I, I I'm getting ready to go out to dinner, and all of a sudden I get sick, and I get some kind of uh, I don't know what happened, but I got some kind of virus or something. Ended up having to stay like an extra three days in Scottsdale, laid up in a hotel bed. <laughs> Literally, you know, really? just barely got through it. So mm -hmm. I must have been so elated. That, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, Bob Bondurant, he taught. I mean, he was an amazing driver. Uh, he drove for uh, a number of years. He, I think, in 1959 or something, he won 18 of the 20 races he entered. And then he had a uh, he had an accident, and I, that's when he decided to uh, mm -hmm. you know start mm -hmm. start uh, doing teaching. teaching. Mm -hmm. And he taught Paul Newman, mm -hmm. and he taught Tom Cruise for Days of Thunder. Who else did he teach? A lot of people. He was like the first, one of the first racing schools. Sure. If, not the, if not the first. Not the first. And I know now there's Skip Barber and there's right. others that do it as well. They're everywhere now. Yeah, I right. mean, every track. Even right. there's a track here close to us in Jersey that has oh, a... New Jersey uh, Motorsports Park. Yeah. And I think there's a school there as well as a supercar experience where you can pay like eight or nine hundred dollars. Dover, Pocono, they all have those, yeah. those experiences now. Well, they're realizing that there's other ways to make money in this business. You know, I mean, I think a lot of guys, uh, a lot of tracks, you know, they're like concert venues. They sit empty for most of the time. I mean, you know, why let a track sit empty if you could utilize it for whatever? And I think what started those were kind of the, like the Richard Petty experiences and things where they did NASCAR, where you could ride along in a NASCAR, or then you can learn how to drive a NASCAR. Mm -hmm. and there was one that I wanted to go to, although I was scared to death of it. It was the Frank Hawley School of Drag Racing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is scary. I, you know, I drove my, M3 BMW at Maple Grove. Um, and one of the guys, we were a sponsor for a couple of years up there, and uh, which is just seven miles from it's a drag strip mm -hmm. here in uh, southeast Pennsylvania. And I took my M3 uh, BMW up there and drove it and got to drive, you know, through the lights. And I put it in manual shift. It's a paddle shifter. Mm -hmm. It was a manual Matic or whatever you call it. And uh, I should have left it in drive because I was forgetting to shift. Oh. Like I was just so, it was yeah. so intense. And even though, I mean, I only probably, I think my top, my trap speed was like 105 or something. It wasn't crazy. Right. It felt though, just very fast and very, you know, intense. And so, but it was a lot of fun. I it mean, was, can you imagine four or five second I quarter mile? I can't imagine. Insane. Those things are, insane. Uh, and I used to go to the, you know, I, I never appreciated drag racing until I actually went to one live. That's I think right. that's what everybody will tell you about drag racing. And I went to Bristol, which is, and they called it Thunder Valley, and it was a drag strip right in the valley, and literally the fence 
was that the, the barrier fence was right up against the track. So most tracks, they've got a nice buffer mm-hmm. of grass. Mm-hmm. This was right up against the fence. And on Saturday night when they were qualifying and they were spitting fire, they're tipping the can, they called it, when they would add extra right. nitromethane to it. And, man, those things, it was burning your – singe your eyebrows right there. It is a um, – it's a uh – it's a whole physical experience. Yeah, it really. It, it, that's a, the best way I've ever heard anybody put it. It really is a, and that's uh, at Thunder Valley is where the Bristol Speedway is as mm-hmm. well too, which has the the college bowl feel, if you will. Actually, Tennessee and Virginia Tech played a football game. There. Oh wow! I had like one hundred eighty thousand people. <laughs> they wanted to get the record from Michigan or whoever had the the record. Tennessee used to have a, a stadium that was one hundred seven thousand people, and and they and Michigan was one hundred eight mm-hmm. or something, and so they had a football game at Bristol. But now, I just read that NASCAR is going to do a race at the L.A. Coliseum. Somehow they're right? going to build a track inside the it's L.A. It's a big place. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool place, too. It's uh, I saw uh, the Rolling Stones here back in 1981 or 82 or something. So, man, I tell you what. Testing this memory and never, never is good. Anyway, I didn't get to talk about anything that I was planning oh, on okay. talking about here, but hey, we've got one minute to go. So uh, when we come back, we'll talk about segment one items in segment two. <laughs> we'll talk to you in a minute. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall show, live from the Classic Auto Mall studio. If you're listening on Saturday morning between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is show number 0010. So we actually are in two-digit territory now. So we're like old pros in this. Double digits. Double digits. So, uh, and it's, it's, it's been fun. It's tougher than I thought in certain aspects. And it's not the talking part, if you couldn't already tell, because I can <laughs> jibber jabber for, you know, well, hours. You have a, you have a, a gift of a voice. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate Going back that. and listening to the shows. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a radio voice. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And, uh, Finally, I found my calling at 59 years old. So uh, the hardest part about this show is just figuring out, getting people here and getting guests and all that and making sure that it works for everybody's schedule. And it's hard for people to always come down here. And 9 o'clock on Saturday morning might not mm-hmm. be the best time, especially if they're on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, But we're going to figure it out. And we're, you know, we're having fun with it. And we're learning as we go. And, you know, there's no... There's no right answer and wrong answer for what we're doing. We're just having fun with it. We're talking cars. And, man, do we get some cool cars in this week. Really? Oh, man. A 1927 Franklin uh, came in. It's a sedan. And it's a big – it looks like a – I don't know, a, a large Model A sedan mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that, but it's an aluminum body car. Um, and they were probably at least three or four times more expensive than Fords and Chevys of the era. Aluminum body. Uh, it was air-cooled also. 
Uh, it was a uh, pretty interesting car, though. You know, it's it's like anything, and it had an inline six, which when most cars had a four cylinder back then. So, uh, one of those cars that you don't see a lot mm-hmm. of, and uh, and maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. You know, people people say we we always talk about rare versus desirable. So just because something's rare doesn't mean that anybody cares. <laughs> you know? That's right. I mean, a Graham Hollywood is a great example. Very rare car. They only made a handful of mm-hmm. them, but but. They're not easy to sell because there's not a lot of people who know what they are or understand them or or any of that. So, you know, it's one of those things that uh, desirability is more important than than rarity sometimes. Uh, Now, if it's a one of one Z01 Camaro or something crazy with aluminum block or or Mm -hmm. anything like that, then then that certainly changes the equation as well, too. Uh, one of the other cars that we got in, we got, uh, this one just came in. I haven't really had a chance to look at it, but it's, it's interesting. It's a 73 Roadrunner. And it's in that petty blue with the white stripes. I mean, they're not real desirable. It's got a 318 in they're it. They're becoming more desirable. More desirable, For yeah. a long time, they were, they were yeah. dogs. Yeah, nobody cared at all. The body I mean, style. The body style was so different. It mm-hmm. had the big clunky bumpers. But it had the spoiler in the back and the hood scoops. Although I don't even know if those hood scoops were functional, functional or not. I know a lot. I know, you know, like in my Trans Am, they, the hood scoop was not functional. I, I, I drilled holes <laughs> Me too. in it. I did too. Either, too everybody yeah. does it. Either take out the plate or yeah. drill holes in or, it. And then from sometimes I would actually take the hood scoop off and just put one of those velocity stack yeah, right, right. scoops in, which was probably not the smartest thing to no. do. But uh, because, you know, when the car catches on fire, there's nothing. Part of people, what people don't realize is air cleaners serve another purpose other than just cleaning the air that comes into the engine. And that's stifling the fire. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, we were, had a car started the other day and it caught on fire. Uh, the carburetor did. And, and what people don't realize when a car catches on fire in the carburetor is, is that the best thing to do, floor the gas pedal and start cranking it. Because people say, well, you're going to suck the fire into the engine. Well, what does an engine create inside of itself? All day long, that's fire. It creates explosions. So when the piston hits the valve and the fuel gets compressed and then sparked and all that, it creates fire. So you're, it's, it won't hurt an engine to have fire inside of it. So, so you're saying do what? Floor it and turn the key on. Turn so, the key on. Yeah, floor, floor it. it, and it'll suck the fire back into the engine and oh, usually put the fire out. Is so, that right? Yeah. Until I'm told wrong that that's wrong. Well, it's most the worst thing to do. <laughs> the instinct is to turn it to shut it off. Sure. I always heard that 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 somehow pulls the fire into the fuel system and into the back to the tank. No, I had a car catch on fire one time when I was not mm-hmm. in the car business. Mm-hmm. Uh, old Z28 I had, and I called the cops. I ran into a house and called the cops and hid behind a tree until the fire department came. And the fire department was like, what are you doing behind the tree over there? I go, I don't want it to blow up. They go, that's just on television. Huh. <laughs> so, Interesting. But, I mean, not to say that a car couldn't blow up. Please don't try right. this at home, no, kids. No, if it's fully engulfed, it's yeah, going to blow yeah, up. Yeah, that's, there's a different story behind that. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so you you floor it or or put your nice new jacket over it. Uh, you know, so. Or carry a fire extinguisher. Or carry- these, these classic cars, you should have a fire extinguisher. If you go to a Concorde d'Elegance... The elegance, you have to have a fire extinguisher. And what they use a fire extinguisher for is a wheel chock, usually. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you're on a little bit of a slope or a hill or whatever, they use the fire extinguisher wheel chock. And that makes a lot of sense. And we could do a show on this. There's a special fire hydrant. That doesn't leave a residue for for car engines. I forget what it's a little more expensive. Yeah, it's is it Halon or something I, like that? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. You know, we could probably uh, Google it. But my, I know my friends in the in the uh, car hobby world recommended it. Right. For me, it was at the time it was too expensive. It's like 120 dollars for a small 
fire right. but it's a special whatever the gas. Yeah, because most guys, if their car catches on fire and you go spray a fire extinguisher on them, they will not be happy with you. It's permanent residue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it will do some serious damage. Uh, well, another car that we got in. Now, this car is a fascinating car. No, I'm just teasing. It's really actually <laughs> a really well done. It's a 1989 Cadillac Fleetwood Brome mm-hmm. with 24,000 original miles on it. And this car is just the epitome of the Luxo Cruiser from the from the 80s, 70s, 80s, early 90s. I mean, it's the big body style still. Yep. Uh, Twenty, I think 24,000 original miles wow. on it, three owners. Uh, that could be a daily driver. That could, uh, you know, it absolutely could. And we'll talk about some daily drivers mm-hmm. here in a minute. Uh, we got a 64 GTO in mm, nice. uh, as well, which is the first year for the GTO. Really wasn't even a designation, I guess, at the time in 1964, right? Mm. I mean, it was like a trim. It funny GTOs are, you know, the purists will tell you exactly, but I mean, we've actually got two 64 coupes in. Um, but they'll tell you that for a while GTO was only a trim level, and then it became its actual own model, and then it went back to being a trim level again, or something along those lines. But uh, you know, this one is really nice. It's got the PHS documentation, which is if you don't know, it's Pontiac Historical Society. And basically, it tells you what the car was born with, like a Marty report. And I think we talked about this, we touched on this a little mm-hmm. bit last week. But uh, this one's got the PHS documentation. Um, this is probably an upper end driver, so it's it's what most people would call a number one, but mm-hmm. really, it's probably a strong, strong two. You know, one being you know trailer queen, best of the best, no scratches, no no nothing, no drips, no runs, no errors. Uh, number two is what most cars are that are that people think are number ones. Uh, and number threes are what most cars are, which is just a good driver quality with flaws on it, and it's not perfect. And that's okay. Listen, we, you know, the problem with the trailer queen is exactly what its name implies, is really the only place to, the only way to take it anywhere is to take it on a trailer. trailer. You know, and that's not what you want. You want to drive these cars. Yeah, I'd rather have a number two or three, I think. I think so, me too. I think, and, and, and a lot of guys, you know, you talk about clones and, mm-hmm. and cars and that are, that are designed to look like a, a, a high dollar original. A lot of guys who have real Cobras have clone or uh, Cobra replicas in their garage to drive. Yeah. Cause they, you know, some, not everybody's comfortable taking their million dollar Cobra out to the uh, racetrack and run the historic races. But you are seeing more and more of those out on the track and more and more expensive cars out on the track, as well as more and more, um, uh, concours that actually encourage the driving of the car. And it, you, if there was a tie between two cars and one of them participated in the rally that was the day before the, the concours, then, uh, then you, then that would be the tiebreaker, if you will. I was so, going to say, you see, you're starting to see more rallies tied to car shows, especially the, the concour level. Uh, why wouldn't shows. you? Yeah, right. You know, it's not, there. it's not a static thing. <clears throat> I mean, uh, I've always said it's good to have one for show, one for go. Yeah. I, that's know? a, I think that's a great like idea. Like the Cobra guys. Have, yeah. Have two of them. How smart is that? I mean, you know, why not? You, you know? can do it. And listen, I mean, just because, you know, you've got a lot of money doesn't mean you want to go out and risk it on the track. Not everybody is mm-hmm. comfortable with that environment. And I, I get that. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, everybody's comfort level. It's their own car. And uh, they can do what they daggum well, please. Uh, we got a, a 55 Bel Air in uh, this week, which makes for... Uh, Man, we got a bunch of Bel Airs in. We've got... Every collection should have a 55 Bel Air. Absolutely. I mean, if you look up 
classic car in yep. the dictionary. It should be a five, six, or seven. What's they call the tri fives? Right. It should be. A, there should be a Bel Air right there in that picture. And the five, six, and sevens are all have little different nuances of the way they look and the trim and the way the headlights mm-hmm. are. Usually, the headlights is the giveaway more than anything. The fifty fives have the flat, not the overhang. The fifty sixes have a little bit of an overhang, and then the fifty sevens have the like almost the the hood over the front headlights. And that's a good way to tell from you know just from a, a glance. And not all cars are easy to tell. We have 16 Bel Airs in, in inventory right wow. now. And that doesn't include, and, and we say, you know, f- those are five, six, or sevens, but what we, we don't count is the 210s and the 150s as well, which are basically the same body, just different trim levels of, of what they have. We also have 25 Mustangs in inventory. <laughs> I did this. I was checking this yesterday. We have 30 Camaros. Wow. And the number one thing we have in stock would be... Oh, Mm. That's a good trivia question. Yeah. How about Corvettes? Corvettes, Corvettes. Yeah. We have 64 Corvettes. Is that right? <laughs> hey, if you're in the market for a Corvette, come by Classic Auto Mall exactly. in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Exactly. Because you know what? We have 64 of them. So we've got, uh, we've got, you, if, if you bought two every day for a month, <laughs> then you still wouldn't buy us out of stock on them. So, um, so with 64 Corvettes in stock and 30 Camaros and 25 Mustangs and 16 Bel Airs and another 585 other cars that we have in mm-hmm. stock, uh, come to our website, classicautomall.com, and you can see our entire inventory. There's usually about 80 to 100 pictures of each car. There's a full write-up and description on the cars. There's... Uh, um, a currency converter that we decided on there. So if okay. you want to buy it from another country, then you're certainly welcome to come to our website and you can tell how much it costs. And, uh, so we've got a 55 Bel Air that we just took in and it's $55,000, but the Gibraltar pound, it would be <laughs> 40,998 and 87 cents okay. of some kind of money. So I don't know. If you're in Gibraltar and you have yeah. shekels, then yeah. that's what it was. Cuban pesos are 1,457,469 pesos. So, you know, just that kind of information if you need it. You can get it from our website. How cool is that? The other thing that we have on our site, which is really cool, it's a Haggerty widget. And it tells you what the estimated amount of insurance would be on your car uh, for a yearly basis. And the reason we added that on there was because... A lot of people didn't realize how inexpensive it is to insure a classic car. And the reason being is they think, well, gosh, if it's valuable, $100,000 car, I mean, how could it be less than my $80,000 daily driver? Well, what I just used as the description when I say daily driver tells you everything you want to know. Daily drivers are driven every day. They're out on the road. They're parked out on the street. They're not babied and cared for. The 55 Chevy that you have, it sits in your garage. It's in under a cover. It's in controlled environment. You hardly ever drive it. When you do drive it, you're very careful. So for a car, most cars that might cost you $150 a month to insure for the same value, for example, a 55 Chevy Bel Air that's $55,000 is $590 a year for insurance. That's not too bad. It's, it's you know, uh, specialty insurance is, is very affordable. There are some limitations depending, yeah. depending on what company it is. And you want a great value. You want to make sure that you, oh, a 58 Oldsmobile 98 convertible no just kidding. pulled in. Yeah, what a beauty. Red with white top and, and uh, the white spears. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it's, it's much more affordable. And the reason we added the widget onto our site was to, to show people that, hey, people are thinking, oh, 
I'm going to have to spend $10,000 a year in insurance. No, you don't. It's not that expensive. But make sure you get agreed value insurance. That way there's no dusty book that they give you the price on. When we come back, we're going to talk about everything we were going to talk about in segment two in segment three. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back here shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio, or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall, and we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall show, live from the Classic Auto Mall studio in beautiful, it's actually sunny downtown Morgantown. I think it's up to about balmy 37 degrees now outside. We've got the uh, Chariots of Fire car show going on in the parking lot. This is their fourth show of the year, and they do an amazing job. Pastor Weed and his crew, they are uh Car guys and gals through and through, and they put on a fun, fantastic show, and they you know raise a lot of money for the church and and food for the food banks, and you know just all the good stuff, and and you know doing the right thing. There's nothing wrong with doing the right thing, is there? You know, that's nope. that's a good thing to do. So uh, last. Two weeks ago, we had um, uh, Emily Lambert from the Cobra Experience on, and I wanted to mention again, don't forget that you can buy tickets to win a, a 67 GT500 KR Coupe, and if you go to winagt500.org, uh, you can win it, or you can go to cobraexperience.org, so either one of those, uh, you can register to win, and if you type in the code CAM11, C-A-M-1-1, then you'll get 25% more tickets than you pay for. What a cool deal that's that is. So, yeah. So, and, and for a good cause, the Cobra Experience is all things Shelby. It's really an amazing thing. But uh, So get a chance. Go to their website. Our website, just in case you don't remember, is ClassicAutoMall.com. And if you get a chance, go there. And also sign up for our newsletter. I don't, I don't send one out every day. I'm not going to drive you crazy. I send once a month because that's all the time I have to actually create something. But Can I just say something? Something about charity. I wonder if somebody mm-hmm. could uh, aggregate all of the money that's raised by car clubs wow. a- around the country. I'm t- it's probably the most charitable uh, hobby around. Absolutely. That's a great idea. I, I think that that's... Uh, Get on that, Ethan. Yeah, right away, Ethan. We <laughs> need to know that number uh, stat. Um, yeah, I think that's a great idea because car people are such a genuinely friendly group and and for the most part everybody you meet in this hobby is just wonderful and it doesn't matter imagine their economic status either it doesn't matter if it's a you know ceo of a fortune 500 company or it's a mm-hmm. you know a janitor i mean everybody's in the hobby and everybody is on equal playing ground when they're at a show or an auction or whatever but the ability to 
have everybody be able to help, to not make it cost prohibitive help. You know, you can't get a building named after you if you mm-hmm. donate a can of food. But you know what? A can of beans to a family might be something that means the difference between eating today and not eating today. And I know that I'm wearing my uh, Top Dead Center Club. TDC. Mo- yep, TDC Motor Club. They do uh, a veterans uh, thing throughout the year, cruise night, and bring food and, and other actually non-perishable stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, out there in Exton. Do a great job. and But the, that multiplied by the... Thousands of clubs around the country. Oh, Boy, it's it's, it's got to be the most charitable uh, organizations around. If you look at what goes on between like uh, April and October, just in Southeast Pennsylvania, the amount of car shows, the amount of cars and coffees that are going on every Saturday morning, it's staggering. It is yeah, just in this one little part of the world. And 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 granted, this part of the world uh, is car country as much as we've talked about this, as much as just about anywhere. I mean, this is. Car country central is almost as good as Southern California, maybe better, uh, Southern California or South Florida or, or Arizona or wherever. So, you know, it's one of those things that uh, um, yeah, doing things for charity, doing it for the right reason, taking some cans of food to an event like this, every little bit helps, you know. And if the car shows are not specifically for a particular charity, they'll have tables set up from charitable organizations and allow free you know, free access to charitable organizations. A- absolutely. And the other thing that's interesting, too, auction houses have really gotten into that strong as well, too. You know, Barrett-Jackson kind of started that, doing their charity auctions. And and arguably, some of the most exciting things that happens on a Barrett-Jackson telecast is their charity car. I mean, it's amazing, some of the prices they get. And Rick Hendrick from Hendrick, you know, sitting right there on the front row and just paying whatever. A million, a million dollars for a Mustang. Yeah, for number 000001 mm-hmm. uh, Mustang. But you know what? It's for a good cause, number one. And it's a, you know, what a cool benefit he gets by getting 0001. And he's a, you know, he's one of those guys that is uh, charitable, uh, you know, just does a little bit of everything for everybody and probably does a lot more than you even know about. Sure. A lot of these Absolutely. guys do. And But you know what? As we were just saying, it doesn't take, you don't have to have a, you know, you don't have to be a gazillionaire. You, you know, uh, some cans of food or right. I was at uh, the grocery store the other day and for $25 you could pay and a family could get a whole Thanksgiving meal. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a no-brainer for you to, to right. do something like that. And people say, well, people will take advantage of that. No, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that are starving right now. And so, you know, mm-hmm. anything that we can do to help, why not? You know, Absolutely. I, you know, help people out. Help your fellow man out. Uh, attend a car show. Attend a car show. Bring a can of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that they're actually ex- accepting the cans of food <laughs> before you just will show up. And get some fresh ones. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people <laughs> raid their cabinets and yeah, find tell- 10-year-old <laughs> Garbanzo well, beans. Well, you know, we have BB's down here, which is the dented can store. And oh. apparently, like, it's very right? popular. Oh. You know, people people say that, you know, they <laughs> shop nowhere else. So, so we were ta- a couple of things we were talking about. Uh, one was our uh, our emails that we send out um, if you sign up for our newsletter. And uh, go to our website, classicautomall.com, and sign up for our newsletter. And like I said, once a month, I'll send you something that will be hopefully entertaining and, and have some interesting new cars and new inventory. But, man, our email blast that we send once a month, uh, and that's the admission to come into Classic Auto Mall, by the way. It's, it's your free. email address. It's free otherwise. Otherwise, it's free. Yep. Uh, except for, have you seen the new ad on television where the guy's got the electric car and he comes up to use the squeegee and they said the squeegee's free, but it's not free right, if you don't right. buy gas. <laughs> you know, there's always the... You get 75 cents. <laughs> yeah, you get tick, tick. Um, so, but yeah, so uh, our entry fee is is a misnomer. It's not free. Uh, it is free if you give us your email address. And if you don't give us your email address, then I don't charge you, so I don't really know. Right. There's no, there's no police. <laughs> there's no police here, but we, we appreciate you giving 
us our email address. And we appreciate you just reading our newsletter once a month. Like I said, we don't overwhelm you with nope. lots of things. And, uh, man, we've gotten quite the mailing list. And our open rate is staggering. Like, it's over 45% open rate on our email blast, which is the – the IT people tell me is really good. So. It is because everybody's bombarded now with bombarded. Junk, junk. And, and it's funny. I'm, I'm the same way. I get bombarded with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, but I don't always delete them or unsubscribe to them because at some point in time I may want to get those, you know? So it's <laughs> right. like, you know, the day that I am ready to shop for a new pair of shoes or right, whatever right. it is they're, they're, yeah. they're advertising is the day that I really would like to have that discounted coupon. Cause you know, my wife is great at whipping out that coupon <laughs> on that phone and, you know, getting all the advantages that you can get and hey great you know why not you know there's some people that never even use coupons but anyway I digress from that quite far uh, anyway we were talking last week uh, about daily driven classics you know with the car market being the way that it is I mean there's such limited inventory out there it's crazy and it's not getting any better no. and they're expecting at least two years before we get back yeah to I mean with the chip shortage and with employment uh, shortages and you know having people that take an early retirement uh, just because of all this craziness, um, there is a lot of people that aren't able to buy cars that are looking to buy a car. And and you brought up a great point, Steve, the other day, is that, hey, you know, people uh, assume that there's cars in here. Most of the cars in here, nobody needs. Everybody, these are wants. These are toys. These are hobby cars. You know, these are things that you park in your garage and you polish and you take to car shows like we're having out here today. But you pointed out that we have a lot of cars that are collectible but they're later model daily driver-ish. One of them we have, which is uh, an interesting, interesting car, is the 2004 BMW M3 convertible. Um, it's in that rare phoenix yellow, which you either love it or hate it. Well, yellow is, is generous. <laughs> it's a generous term. It's, yeah. it's more green. It's greenish, goldish, yellowish. <laughs> i tell you uh, what, it turns heads. It turns what? heads. It, and not exorcist-like heads. <laughs> it's just, it'll make you stop and take pause. So, But, I mean, it's got some faults on it. It's not a perfect car by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it's got, you know, 80-something thousand miles mm-hmm. on it, but it's a six-speed semi-automatic, so it's not like it would be a perfect car to, to, to drive to work on a daily basis. And it's cool. It is. You know, it's, it's not like it's, it's not cool. And then we have quite a few later model Corvettes that are in stock that are, you know, entry-level, if you will, classics that, that are, you know, don't require as much maintenance as some of the older ones. They're not as temperamental and things like that. And so, you know, from 2004 to 2010, we've got a bunch of Corvettes. Now, I caution people, when you buy a car, and we we may have touched on this before, but when you buy a car, look, you look at a, a let's say a 2004 Corvette, and you go, that looks like a kind of a new modern car. Well, it is, except it's also 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So don't forget when you're looking at these cars to remember that they are they're older than they may appear, mm-hmm. just like me. I'm <laughs> younger than I may appear, or something along those lines. Anyway, we've also got um, <clears throat> my uh, um, sister-in-law's car here, the 2012 Mini Cooper convertible. Great daily. That's driver. a great daily driver. They, and, got, they probably get 35 miles of the gallon. You know, and and here's the thing: at the end of the day, you know, people used to buy convertibles and they would leak and they would be problematic, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't want to drive one in the winter time. You can't tell the difference hardly mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, this one's got the soft top. Uh, it's black, black, black. Uh, triple black. It's a six-speed manual, so you might want to take the longer commute on that. If you're coming, you know, if your job is in Morgantown and you're coming down the Turnpike, or you're in Morgantown and your job's in King of Prussia, great car to just cruise down the Turnpike. And if you're coming home on a nice day, put the top down. You know, talk about decompressing after work. 
work. You know? And listen, if that was a 2,000 mile car and somebody had garaged it its whole life, that then it would be super collectible. But it was a driver, and it, yeah, and it's a great. It's it's interesting car. They're 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 fun, they're special. There's a big active club in this area. Sure, sure. Uh, and uh, and make a great daily driver. We have we have several Mini Coopers. Well, and here's the thing too. You know, you you hit the nail on the head. And we, you know, you got a 500 mile car. It's worth X. 5,000 mile worth Y. Five. Hundred thousand mile car, you know, just scrap it. Yep. Uh, the other thing that we have a, an abundance of, or a couple of anyway, is uh, Thunderbirds. So the 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 second gen, or no, excuse me, the last gen, I should say. Oh right, right. So the two thousand five retro uh, one, the right? retro, yep. yeah, Thunderbird, and uh, those are fantastic daily driver cars, and they get a lot of attention. A huge you better attention. be ready to answer questions when you when you take that out to the grocery store. But they are it's a daily driver. It's a base three hundred two. Yeah, something. no, not even a three hundred two. I think it's a two point. Yeah. I don't know. It's fuel injected. Fuel injected. It's yeah. a three point nine liter. Okay. Um, we have one a 05 Thunderbird Roadster. It's a stock number thirty two seventy three. It's got uh, sixty three thousand miles on it, mm. and uh, it's great. And we just sold a really collectible version of these. Is the 007 version? It's in that coral color, okay. like, um, um, and that color matched Halle Berry's swimsuit in okay. in the James Bond movie that the car was in. So I haven't seen that. <clears throat> yeah, and oh, I just saw the. New James Bond movie, by the way, too, with all the Aston Martins in it. Right. It's really cool. You know, I love the retro ones, the DB5s, but the new ones are cool. The 177s and... Uh, 11, the DB11. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. The, Aston Martin puts out some beautiful... They stuff. really do. And they've they've really... Um, you know, it's one of those marks that you, you don't see a lot of them on the road. Uh, but when you do, they certainly stand out. And they're one of those ones. And, and one of the models, the DB whatever it was, the 8 or 9, I think... Looked very similar to the F-Type Jaguar, so you would almost be able to, you know, it almost confusing of the of the look of the two, mm-hmm. um, and and so, but the Aston Martins are just so cool, you know. That's, you know, people that know know, and and when you drive an Aston Martin, a lot of people aren't going to necessarily notice you, but the ones that do are the guys that know what it is and what they're looking yep. at. So, so don't forget to, uh, you know, check out uh, some of our daily driver inventory. We've got a 2002 SC430 Lexus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some pickup trucks that can become daily drivers that are kind of borderline collectible. And so, but the pickup truck market is huge mm-hmm. right now. You just can't believe. I was talking to a friend of mine who is at a regular dealer auction, if you will. And the, the money that a 2002 Chevy pickup truck brings will just stagger you. I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable how much money those things are bringing. I mean, people, and especially if they don't have rust or, or any issues with regards to that. You know, Pennsylvania is unfortunately known for <laughs> having wet, wet weather. Wet weather, and of course, they treat it with salt, and of course, that's not good for the underside of cars. Although, you go to areas like Montana, and they don't treat their roads like that. Right. And and it's not a it's not a humid climate. And so even though they get snow, cars can sit outside and they're they don't rust. It's true. My partner has uh, about twenty cars out in the field out in Montana. He's had for twenty five mm-hmm. years, like the barn finds that we have here that he has here. And they have no rust on them. Yeah, I see the same that. same situation in Colorado. We talked about Alaska right. a couple weeks ago. Right, same type thing. It's it's cold and wet wet there, but it's not it's, it's not uh, yeah it's no salt and it's not humid all the time. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that uh, when you buy a car, you want to make sure that you know where it came from. That's always important. And you want to know, you know, you want to see an underside picture. That's one of the things that we do when we uh, advertise our cars is we take about 25 pictures of the undercarriage, which is not always the prettiest picture of a car. Um, but, but it's 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 what we want to sh- we want to show everything that we can. And if there's something wrong that we know about, we show it in a picture. Now, we don't get everything right. There's some things that we miss sometimes. We just do our best to try to point out every single thing that we can see in the car. And if we don't see it and and don't hear it or feel it when we drive it, then we don't point it out. So, uh, but a lot of times what will happen is, is a guy will call up and we'll do a walk around with him and maybe something that we missed in the initial inspection we might see or something that has reared its head since. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so we, we, we try to be as brutally honest as we can, and that's why we show all the pictures that we do. And when we come back, we will talk more frivolous car stuff in just a moment. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to the Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall Show, live from the Classic Auto Mall Studios in sunny downtown Morgantown. It's up to 39, I believe. <laughs> it was 37 a minute ago, and now it's 39. So we'll hit 40, and uh, everything will be hunky-dory. Not too bad. <clears throat> Not too shabby. So, yes. Yes, I, want, I wanted to ask you something, because oh, well. we you know we spent a lot of time together, and I've known you for a while, but what, what the, what's the origin of your car passion where did, where did it come from how did you grow up or what was the, your earliest memories of cars well my earliest memories of cars would have been uh, my parents uh, cars uh, obviously just they had the standard cars mom had a uh, let's see a pontiac uh, catalina uh in navy blue which was her favorite car color and i always loved that and drove it up and down the driveway dad had just normal cars as well too until he had his midlife crisis and bought a 67 xke jag but mine, mine started as <clears throat> cliche as this sounds from Matchbox cars and and Hot Wheels cars. I you know I got into them. We'd go to Woolworths, which was the local little store, and Mom would buy me one. You know every time we went, and I had ended up with quite the collection. And frighteningly, now when I see what they're worth, I think, oh doggone it! I wish I still had the original ones. The original ones, yeah. Uh, but that kind of got me started. But then there was a lot of different influences that happened. One of our cousins was a motorcycle rider, and he'd ride up and visit our family, and he had a Ducati back mm-hmm. in the day, and. Uh, 
uh, you know, I'd get to go out and just sit in the driveway and it was just sitting up on its stand, not its lean over kickstand, but it's, you know, stand up rear wheel off the ground stand. And I'd got to climb on it and just sit on it. I was probably six or seven at the time. And then we moved to another area you know, where I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, a kid down there had a Vega, a Chevy Vega with a manual transmission. And he taught me how to drive cars with a manual transmission and how to, on a hill, to let out the clutch a little bit and get the revs down and, you know, the whole nine yards. So I was really, really into cars. I mean, I really love cars. And as, as soon as I figured out car magazines, you know, I dove into those head first and 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 then of course the cool kids in the neighborhood i always jokingly say my favorite car is a, a 72 oldsmobile 442 triple black mm-hmm. uh, convertible because the cool guy in the neighborhood had one he dated the prettiest girl and i could i could pick that car out coming down the street at without <laughs> without even question every you could hear that thing on a friday night coming down the road and there was unmistakable sound and then uh, as I continued on, like I said, I got into cars uh, through the car magazines. When I turned 16, I got a Trans Am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was knee-deep into that and uh, want, always had – my friends always made fun of me back in, in junior high and high school. I'd make lists of – I was a big list guy. And I'd make list of all the cars that I was going to own. You know, and they, I'll never forget one of my buddies had sent a letter home to, we were at boarding school and he sent a letter home to our buddies. And he's like, Stuart says he's going to have this and that and all these cars. And he's never going to have any of these cars. And I've owned all of those and then some since, which is lucky. Not, not, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back here. Right. Listen, it, it was a long, arduous test to get, to get to where we are today. And, and then, once I got into uh, business and, and life and didn't really know of a way to make money in the classic car business that I had any interest in, I wasn't interested in being a salesperson. I wasn't interested in you know going down to the local you know, Chevy store mm-hmm. and, and selling cars. Mm-hmm. So um, I decided, man, I need to figure out a way to make a living in this. And when I was in the music business in Missouri, a local guy was putting on a classic car auction, came and had a show there. And lo and behold, I figured out, oh, and they offered me a job, and that was eBay Cruise. And that's how I figured out how I could monetize all this. Right. And then I did that and then, you know, led to where we are today in a lot of circuitous routes, yes. uh, working for guys with big collections, doing it on our own, having small warehouse full of cars where I knew every single car, every single detail of every single car. But mm-hmm. but I was like, you know, I grew up in the time when cars were, you know, exciting. And, uh, of course, I didn't really know the difference, but the nuances of a ZL1 Camaro versus a regular Z28 versus an RS versus an SS. None of that really resonated with me until later in, in life, not early. Uh, had it, I would have known, you know, probably what to buy and to hold on to. <laughs> but life happened. We so. all would have. We all would have done that. So, uh, but you know what? I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun, uh, you know, talking cars with my buddies when we were growing up. And, and, you know, we had a caravan of guys that used to hang out. We'd meet at our friend's house and there was a Trans Am and there was a Z28 and there was a 280Z and there was a Corvette and there was, you know, there was like 10 or 12 of us. And we went, we all went in a group or a posse, if right, you will. Right. And we'd go to the parties and we'd all show up when we were the ones who had the cool cars. So, you know, it over, overcame any, you know, uh, look deficiencies that we had. <laughs> it was about the cars. It was all about the cars. It was like, you know, if you can get a girlfriend because you have a cool car, then, you know, I say power to you. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun growing up and talking cars, and it was nice to be able to have cars. And we would go down to go up to Bristol, which was not far from us, or down to Road Atlanta and see the racing and learn mm-hmm. about IMSA and, mm-hmm. and, and drag racing. So we like all forms of motorsport. I like NASCAR. I like 
like uh, IMSA. I like, well, not IMSA anymore, but, uh, and I like uh, Formula One. I love Formula One. As a matter of fact, I watch it pretty regularly. I try to if it's not on at, you know, 4 a.m. Right. on Sunday. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, they just had the race in Austin and then one in Mexico and then one in Brazil. And then there's one coming up tomorrow in Qatar. Or, uh, yeah, tomorrow in Qatar. Oh. And uh, it's a battle to the end with Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. And uh, Lewis won last week from basically last place. They, uh, it was a pretty exciting race to watch. Of course, they're all, you know, moaning and groaning that he's got some kind of unfair advantage and yada, yada, yada. And I don't pay it. It's, it's like wine. I love mm-hmm. wine, but I don't want to know everything about it. Right. You know, right Formula right. One, I don't need to know every detail about it. And I just there's like a to lot watch. to know. There's a lot to know. And yes. those cars are so technologically advanced. There was a reporter on the pit lane talking about an issue with one of the wings last week. And the team saw that he, what he was doing. So four guys from Red Bull stood in front of that wing and, like, blocked him uh-huh. from seeing what, uh-huh. was, what was the, the issue or what was how it was made or whatever it was. And it was funny. I mean, I, they physically did that. I know they have four wheels, <laughs> but they're not really cars. No, they are. In, Indy cars, the same thing. I, you, know, yeah. you go up to Pocono. It's a, it, they, these are rocket ships. They are rocket ships. And, you know, I like that. So I, I like the fact that, that we have NASCAR car racing where they have a limited amount of guys can go over the pit the cars mm-hmm. look like sort of like stock cars <laughs> right. um they're you know normally you know they're 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 more you know they're more regulated yeah. but then i also like the fact of formula one that just be unlimited i think formula one should just have no rules right. <laughs> you should just you should just be able to do whatever you want and you know all and we, the technology and, and like you said earlier about drag racing being physical i said visceral visceral experience the, the same thing with track you know circle tracks or, oh, or road sure, racing sure cars are that the, the that that mankind can create something that moves that quickly oh my God. and sticks to the ground. Yeah, you know? I mean, it it's just amazing. you know, if you watch drag racing on television, we talked about yep. it's hard to appreciate what it does. Formula One's the same way; you mm-hmm. can't appreciate the acceleration. I got to see a. F- I've been to uh, three Formula One races. I went to Indianapolis, and then I went to two at Long Beach uh, back in the, before they switched to IndyCar in eighty one, eighty two, yep. uh, in that area when I lived out in Los Angeles. And uh, man, the, watching those cars back then and think about it that's 40 oh i can't believe it 40 years <laughs> ago and the 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 point a to point b acceleration on those cars was staggering i mean it was something like you could never imagine you can't so. you can't and it doesn't it doesn't uh, relay on it doesn't tel- compute. television it doesn't uh, and it doesn't always compute in your brain it doesn't you wonder how those guys they get going so fast that how they slow down you know how do they remember that oh my god i got to slow down i got to put the brakes on and it's and it becomes evident it becomes crystal clear that if they touch that's why there's crashes because they're moving right. so fast, oh, so and the, fast. the aerodynamics are so important yeah. that if they just tap somebody, it just knocks. Well, and you get rubbing in NASCAR because yeah. the the wheels are protected; they have fenders over yeah. them. Yeah. In Formula One, they're open wheel, and two wheels come together in Formula One. That is not a pretty sight. <laughs> never and it never ends well. <laughs> no, it never ends well, and especially when you're going two ten or something. But uh, hey, one of the things we forgot to do is we forgot to talk about where we sold cars this last week. So we're 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 stretching some of these days. Uh, Haddon Heights, New Jersey, we sold a car, which is, I think, you know, right around the block or something. Mm-hmm. Not far away. West Depsford, New Jersey. Okay. Two to Lancaster, PA. Two Corvettes over to there. Plainfield, Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a funny that a lot of these towns we sell to you've never even heard about. Uh, Throop, T-H-R-O-O-P, Pennsylvania. I don't know where that is. Valley, Nebraska. Hmm. Uh, Greer, South Carolina. We sold a car to this week. Vacaville, California, I'm probably mispronouncing. I know, that. no, that's right. Uh, Manchester, Michigan. Hmm. 
Wyoming, missing Pennsylvania, and Santa Barbara, California. So that's where we sold cars this past week. Car sales are phenomenal. We're just doing amazing and uh, just so pleased and blessed and all the things that you, you want to say about it. Uh, it's just been amazing to, to watch. Now, our other segment that we need to not forget to do is our four on the floor segment. That's where we give you four clues. We're going to give the response, the answer to last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. The answer to last week's, which was... Uh, I don't remember. Well, I'll give you the clues. It was um, uh, bring a uh, down jacket, right. tennis racket, right. leave the juice at home, right. and you're starting to see more of these on the on the road. And the we're not looking for the make and model as much as we are the specific vehicle that's right. in stock. Not just a Corvette, if that was the that's answer, right. or not just a Bronco, if that that's was right. the answer. Somebody on TikTok uh, guessed Bronco. I said, right. yeah, it is a Bronco. Yeah. Which, which, one? which one is it? Right. We have stock numbers on our website that you can find out exactly which one. And so, and the answer to last week's was... Is, and I don't have the stock number in front of me, but it's the Eddie Bauer... <laughs> oh, yeah, the 96 or 97 uh, Eddie Bauer... Ford Bronco. Ford Bronco. So this week... Uh, and, and you share your answer with us at podcast at classicautomall.com. And if you have the answer, send us an email. And if you're the first one to get it right, uh, then we'll send you a, a hat or a T-shirt. You tell us your which choice. one you want. Yes, your choice. Dealer's choice. Not the first one. If we get multiple uh, choices, right. we're going to pick it out of a hat. All right. So we'll yeah. pick it out of a hat. So what do I know? I just <laughs> it, it depends on how many how many responses yeah. we get. Yeah. Last week we got overwhelmed. But, uh, you know, it just, you know, it happens. So so this week's four clues for the four on the floor is a specific car we're talking about here in Classic Auto Mall's inventory. Number one, shares its name with a beetle. Huh. Number two, a funny dog puppet. Number three, a V8 measured in CCs, secret agent. So those are your four clues for the four on the floor. Shares its name with a beetle, a funny dog puppet, a V8 measured in CCs, and a secret agent. So if you have the answer to that, it's podcast at classicautomall.com. And uh, give us your answer. And uh, hopefully next week it won't just be me and Steve. We'll actually have a guest in here. So we keep working on that. I think we might have somebody next week. Anyway, take her away, Steve. We'll see you next week. We appreciate you listening to our show. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.